following is a paid program on 630 WLAP. This is the Tom Dupree Show on News Radio 630 WLAP and WLAP.com. Welcome to the camp. I guess you all know why we're here. My name is Tommy, and I became aware this year. If you want to follow me, you've got to play pinball. And put in your earplugs, put on your eye shades, you know where to put the cork. Stephen Stills and the group called Manassas that was formed, I guess, in between Crosby, Stills, and Young and Stephen Stills as a solo artist. Right. And uh, had some guys like John Barbada. Uh, Chris Hillman from the Burrito yeah, Chris Brothers. Chris Hillman. And, uh, you know, Manassas, they, I don't think they were very well critically received. No. But the fans will sit there and sing their praises that they were one of the best bands of the seventies that, <clears throat> excuse me, were really underrated. Yeah. And, uh, I, I just kind of, I, I knew Steven Stills that did this and just kind of got into him this week and yeah, yeah telling me to play what I felt like and Manassas was it. So, there you go. <laughs> well, that's, that's a good thing. Um, let me read, uh, the scripture reading for today. Psalm 31. In thee, O Lord, do I put my trust. Let me never be ashamed. Deliver me in thy righteousness. Bow down thine ear to me. Deliver me speedily. Be thou my strong rock for a house of defense to save me. For thou art my rock and my fortress. Therefore, for thy name's sake, lead me and guide me. Pull me out of the net that they have laid privily for me. Thou art my strength. Into thine hand, O Lord. 
I commit my spirit. Thou hast redeemed me, O God of truth. And that is a fact. I want to talk a little bit this morning about um, the the swirl that we see of uh, talk about impeachment of the president. Um, and there's an article in uh, the uh, uh, American Spectator which discusses the possibility that something like this might happen, which is very low because it would require uh, – both houses of Congress to to do uh, extraordinary things. First, a preliminary word. Uh, the networks will need to find another way to excite their ratings. Uh, a preliminary word from someone who's published writings of the past two years to demonstrate quite clearly why these past 19 months under President Trump mark him already as one of America's greatest presidents in contradistinction to the nightmare of the prior eight years and saw one of America's three or four worst ever presidents occupying the White House. Well, this is good. When a man is married to one of, one of the most beautiful women who ever lived and she is also quite brilliant, and she also has a wonderful head for business and profoundly loyal to him. And she gives that man enough to be, loves that man enough to be pregnant with his child. And she stands by him publicly, no matter what scandals and other controversies embroil him in his public ventures, then it is quite unacceptable to imagine that such a man would cavort on the side with a bimbo or even a coherent person whose sole assets are two balloons that some physician presumably superimposed onto her torso. If the man desperately needs to get his hands around two balloons, he can get himself invited to a children's birthday party, or he can go to Party City. The last I looked, balloons at Party City were selling at 10 cents each. For an incredibly keen business tycoon, a billionaire, it seems a no-brainer to prefer grasping two balloons at a dime apiece rather than seeing them at $65,000 per balloon, which is what he's having to pay Stormy Daniels. And when you get the balloons at Party City, you don't have to take those balloons out to dinner or pretend to be interested in whatever bubble babble they expel under the misconception that they are engaging in conversation. 242 years of recorded American history document that nothing good comes from being involved with someone named Stormy. Now to impeachment and why the whole discussion is nonsense. So the television news media desperately need to fill 24 hours every day in order to sell advertising support from their stations. Their management, employees, and negotiated settlements and non-disclosure agreement payouts to women whom they must silence after one or another of their male employees has violated them. So this is a discussion of why the uh, impeachment is unlikely. It talks about how the news media has built this thing up and they have to have uh, a news cycle. Trump is 
providing to the media the best thing they could ever imagine. Rachel Maddow on uh, on MSNBC has had a ratings bonanza this week alone because of the Trump uh, stories about how the uh, these guys that are close to him keep flipping and turning uh, against him and providing witness evidence. Trump, and what is the Trump link after they say, uh, they talk about it, that Trump cavorted with two balloons, the mouthpiece attached to the two balloons threatened to tell the public about a man whose relationship with the fairer sex Voting public knew already well after 24-7 reportage of his taped comments years earlier in that trailer. Cohen paid $65,000 per balloon to shut the mouthpiece, and Trump paid Cohen $130,000. Oh, and by the way, instead of Trump handling the whole messy matter through a business associate, he specifically went to his attorney, a member of the New York State Bar presumed to have expertise in the law, to assure that everything would be handled in proper compliance with governing law. And that's supposed to be a violation of election law. So he did pay, obviously, for her to keep quiet. But the likelihood, the bottom line is the swamp. Our billions and trillions in tax money float around Washington and attract mosquitoes and tsetse flies that inhabit the swamp. They infect the public not with yellow fever, but with green fever, the color of money. The president has done an amazing job exposing swamp people. That's Folks, that's all he's done, is expose these corrupt people in D.C. for what they are. And then he gets this kind of treatment which sort of makes sense. It will take a majority of the House and two-thirds of the Senate in order to impeach him, where a two-thirds majority will be needed for conviction. The Republicans will control the Senate with between 51 to 57 seats. Even if the Democrats miraculously grab the Senate in November, there would still be at least 48 Republicans in the Senate the Democrats would need to get 15 to 20 Republican senators to vote with them to oust President Trump. Any Republican senator who would vote that way would be signing his political death warrant, the end of his or her political career. They all know it. Therefore, none of them would do it. Thus, after much ado about nothing and two weeks of evidence presented in the Senate about the cost of two balloons and how they were reimbursed, a vote on conviction would go down in flames anyway. The last time this gambit was tried, the Republicans paid severely for wasting the country's time and money over a president who lied under oath about cavorting with women behind his wife's back. This time will be no different, and this president has not even lied about it under oath. Another weekly drama will pass. And along with that... Um, line the president's attorney uh, Giuliani spoke about how uh, Trump is not a he's not a uh, 
an attorney, and Trump was was uh, interviewed on um, Fox and Friends this week, and uh, he said that the tactic of flipping ought to be outlawed where uh, where a, a person who's on trial and gets threatened with a lot of jail time will turn around and, and flip and turn on their uh, partners to provide testimony in exchange for reduced jail time. Now, Giuliani used flipping a lot with the mafia and able to get uh and enabled him to get some convictions so he's he's in favor of it because he's an attorney he said i don't think trump's against the idea of cooperation he's against the idea of getting people to lie i'm not troubled by his comments giuliani added between 1983 and 89 Giuliani served as a U.S. attorney for the Southern District of New York, the same office that is now prosecuting Trump's former fixer, Michael Cohen. During his time at the Southern District of New York, Giuliani made his name as a tough-talking prosecutor who fearlessly worked to dismantle New York's Italian mob. And he did a good job of it. He was one of them. He was able to bust them. Stay with us. You're listening to the Tom Dupree Show on News Radio 630 WLAP. Real life, Real life. is happening. Pay close attention. Supreme Court. Fight to the end. Abolish ICE. They want to abolish ICE. The best economy we've ever had. Real, Real news. Life. 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 News Radio 630 WLAP. Hi, I'm Tom Dupree Jr. Our firm, Dupree Financial Group, has been engaged in the management of retirement investment accounts of our clients for nearly 14 years. My personal time in the investment business spans 40 years. We bring experience to the table in managing your retirement dollars. If you would like a seasoned and experienced manager to handle your investment portfolio, then give us a call. To schedule a complimentary review of your retirement investments, call Dupree Financial Group at 859-233-0400 or send an email to info at dupreefinancial.com. Also, be sure to listen to the Tom Dupree Show Saturdays at 7 a.m. at News Radio 630 WLAP. That's Dupree Financial Group at 859-233-0400 and DupreeFinancial.com. 630 WLAP. There's a place I can get to where I'm safe. From the city blues And it's green And it's quiet Only trouble was I had to buy it And I'll do anything I got to do Cut my head and shine my shoes 
and keep on singing the blues if I can stay here in Johnny's garden. As the swift bird flies over the grasses, dipping now and then to take his breakfast. Thus I come and go, and I travel, but I can watch that bird and unravel, and I'll do anything I got to do, and cut my hair and shine my shoes, and keep on singing the blues, if I can stay here in Johnny's garden. Tom Free Show. Trying to get this up here for you. James. Okay, something happened this week. A very lawless thing. Um, something that I believe is is a, is a terrible thing, uh, and I don't mind it. Silent Sam's Last Stand. Silent Sam, the statue of a weary, weary stoic Confederate Army foot soldier, came down crashing on Monday night, pulled down from his post at the edge of the UNC Chapel Hill campus by a howling mob of protesters. But a lot more fell than a progressive-era statue of a Confederate soldier, another brick in the wall that celebrates civilization, that separates civilization and barbarism was dislodged, another small part of the social contract that calls on us to settle our differences through dialogue and consensus disappeared, another thin thread in the rule of law was severed. Golly, if people knew history, the boys that were sent to this war who didn't even know what they were fighting for, who weren't racist by any stretch of the imagination, some of whom did not own slaves, who were fighting to maintain a type of life that they had known in the South. Slaveholding was beginning to fade away anyway. Um, and, and black people were beginning to be freer. These men were sent out to fight for what they saw as their country. And people say that the erection of these statues was a racist thing. I would argue, after having studied quite a bit of history on it, it was simply a way that people who had lost sons and sons mainly in this conflict 
were able to try in a small way to commemorate it, to commemorate the boys that they had that lost this war. And to pull down this statue is to piss on the graves of so many innocent soldiers who basically found themselves caught in the middle of a horrible conflagration in this country of good versus evil. And the evil, I believe, was the Union trying to uh, superimpose on part of this country its own value system. Go watch the movie... Uh, the uh, outlaw Josie Wales with Cliff uh, or with um, Clint Eastwood. If you want to see the values that were uh, attributed to the Union soldiers, just see that movie. Or. Sherman riding through the South indiscriminately destroying people's lives. Has anybody done anything to the Sherman statue that stands right outside Central Park in New York City? Done by St. Gaudens? Why, no. But that was equally cruel, if not more cruel, than anything that the, these poor boys in the South did. But a mentality cannot, st when, when you have a certain mentality, a certain way of looking at things, it cannot stand anything else that opposes it to be and to exist. We'll talk a little more about it when we come back. Listening to the Tom Dupree Show. It's News Radio 630 WLAP. Seeing is believing. After you've seen 10th Planet's full line of promotional products, you'll know that you've seen the best. 10th Planet is a local screen printing and embroidery company that Kentucky businesses have trusted for years. Check out the new North Face apparel line along with their full line of products at go10thplanet.com or call 866 820 1010. It's important to stay ahead of your competition, and they'll always provide free delivery. For screen printing, embroidery, and customer service that's out of this world, call 10th Planet, 866-820-1010. Finding great candidates to hire can be like, well, trying to find a needle in a haystack. But not with ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. ZipRecruiter doesn't depend on candidates finding you. Its powerful technology actively invites qualified candidates to apply to your job. So while other companies might deliver a lot of hay, ZipRecruiter finds you the needle in the haystack. Try ZipRecruiter now for free by going to ZipRecruiter.com slash hire. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash hire. Fun summer vibes at the Kentucky State Fair, August 16th through the 26th. Hear all your favorite tunes at the Texas Roadhouse Concert Series in the new Bluegrass Village. 11 nights, 26 bands, all free. 
And that's just the beginning. The Kentucky State Fair has thrilling rides, mouth-watering food, the World's Championship Horse Show, and much more. For tickets and info, visit kystatefair.org today. The Kentucky State Fair, presented by Rallies. Bring back no summer vibes. Pope Francis is in Ireland this hour. He's at the presidential residence. He's here for an event to energize Catholic families. But the sexual abuse scandal by members of the clergy decades ago is still front and center. Francis will also speak with survivors of church abuse. ABC's David Wright is in Dublin traveling with the Pope. He will be meeting with the Irish president and the prime minister today. Tomorrow, a big open-air mass here in Phoenix Park. Uh, He's only the second pope ever to visit Ireland. Uh, When Pope John Paul came here a generation ago, it was a different country in many ways. Half of Ireland turned out to see him. This time, Pope Francis is likely to get a much more measured reception. In Hawaii, Lane is moving out, downgraded from a hurricane to a tropical storm. Residents on the Big Island are mostly like Jackson Shima, feeling some relief. We we prepared well, and... uh... If the worst came to worst, we would have been prepared. Tropical storm warnings in effect now for Maui and Kauai. Michelle Franz in ABC News. Our weekend is off and running with a lot of humidity pouring back into the region from the southwest. That'll fire up a scattered shower thunderstorm on this Saturday, low 80s. Middle 80s on Sunday, upper 80s by early next week with at least a threat for those afternoon thunderstorms. Have a great weekend. I'm WKYT Chief Meteorologist Chris Bailey on your official weather station, News Radio 630. WLAP. Broadcasting live 24 7 from the heart of Big Blue Nation. This is News Radio 630 WLAP and iHeart Radio Station. As a marketer, you want to reach everyone adults, teens, millennials. But it's not like these groups all hang out in the same place, right? Actually, wrong. They're all right here, listening to radio commercials just like this one. Radio ads connect with 93% of Americans every week. That's more than Google, more than Facebook, more than TV. In fact, radio reaches 20% more millennials than TV. Want more of the people you want to talk to all in one place? You want to get to iHeartMedia.com and get AMFM working for you. Did you know that all new Volvos have a four-year, 50,000-mile warranty and no charge maintenance for 30,000 miles? With approved credit, you can lease a new Volvo with no money out of pocket, drive up to 50,000 miles a year, and if you choose, make it a one-payment lease. Right now, save up to $13,000 off MSRP on a 2017 S60 courtesy transportation vehicle at Quantrell Volvo. Hurry in today for best selection. Finding great candidates to hire can be like, well, trying to find a needle in a haystack, but not with ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. ZipRecruiter doesn't depend on candidates finding you. Its powerful technology actively invites qualified candidates to apply to your job. So while other companies might deliver a lot of hay, ZipRecruiter finds you, the needle in the haystack. Try ZipRecruiter now for free by going to ZipRecruiter.com hire. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash hire. 630 WLAP. Back on the Tom Dupree Show. 
little more about this Confederate statue business. From time to time, people develop certain biases. Um, you could certainly say that the uh, the building of these Confederate statues was a way of showing that white people still mattered in the South after all the things that happened to them afterwards. They wanted to show regard and commemorate the death of so many of their young boys that they built these statues. It can only be expected that that would be what they would want to do. The ugly side of the South was the lynch mobs, the um, lynching of a black person, and some white people were lynched, where the mob took over the law but what is what's going on today with the silent stamp sam statue if not a lynch mob it is the same kind of lynch mob mentality that was so abhorrent in the south when a black man would be uh, strung up for some kind of offense when the uh, mob believed that justice was moving too slowly. This is the same kind of thing. This is, this is a lynch mob mentality to pull down this statue. It's a lynching of a different kind. But it's the same thing. It's mob rule. And the weak-kneed people at North Carolina, including the DA, I saw a shot of him, and the, you know, the administration at North Carolina basically stood back and let this happen. When lynching was tried to be done in Kentucky uh, the last time ever. The guards actually killed people that were trying to get in and lynch this black man. The guards in this case did not make an effort. Of course, you're talking about a statue rather than a person, but it's still a symbol. It's up to the state's leaders, the legislature, the governor, the boards of governors, and the trustees, and the university and the university system to push back against the forces of anarchy. They did not do that. What they don't understand is that if anarchy is allowed to rule, uh, then it'll spread through the university 
it'll spread into other areas. So far, they have come out strongly against the mob's actions. UNC Board of Governors Chairman Harry Smith said, we have been in touch with the Chapel Hill Trustee Chair Cochran and Chancellor Folt both last night and this morning about the removal of the silent Sam, Sam statue on the campus. Campus leadership is in collaboration with the police who are pulling together a timeline of the events. The safety and security of our students, faculty, and staff are paramount, and the actions last evening were unacceptable, dangerous, and incomprehensible. We are a nation of laws, and mob rule and the intentional destruction of public property will not be tolerated. Speaker of the House of Representatives Tim Moore issued a more powerful statement. There is no place for the destruction of property on our college campuses or in any North Carolina community. The perpetrators should be arrested and prosecuted by public safety officials to make clear that mob rule and acts of violence will not be tolerated in our state. But those are all words spoken in the aftermath of a failure. Sometimes words have a hard time becoming actions. Of great concern is the possibility that UNC Chapel Hill's administration intentionally turned a blind eye to the violence, which I think is what happened. They allowed uh, the, the cops that were there basically allowed these people to encircle the statue, put ropes around it, and pull it down. More to the point, and more uh, home to me is an article in the Wall Street Journal by Cameron McWhorter and Melissa Korn on August 22nd of this week. Shade Shepard recently attended an orientation meeting addressing the slave owner connections of her new college, Suwannee, also known as the University of the South liberal arts school in Tennessee was conceived by slave owners who didn't want their sons going north for an education, and many ex-Confederates taught there after the Civil War. I appreciated them being blunt about it, said Ms. Shepard, an 18-year-old African-American first-year student from Washington, D.C. Life on the predominantly white campus will definitely take some adjusting, she said, though so far people have been welcoming. The toppling of a Confederate statue by protesters on Monday at the University of North Carolina is the latest skirmish in an intense debate over the future of such monuments and imagery on southern campuses. Institutions from Virginia to Mississippi are trying to come to terms with statues, markers, and building names linked to their Confederate past without alienating alumni and donors. I accept the fact that Sewanee was founded by Confederates. I went there, and uh, I understand the history of it a little better now. These were people that were good people that were caught in the middle of something very difficult in their lives. And to, to say that they were just bad people is, is so wrong. 
We are all wrestling this with this in one way or another, said John McArdle, Vice Chancellor at Sewanee. He said he has to walk a fine line between acknowledging the school's history while no longer paying homage to the Confederate shadow that looms over our institution. You know, John, you accepted this job knowing about this school, knowing what you were doing. Don't whine about it. See, now this is this is incorrect. Caroline Graham, a sophomore, said all images of hate should be removed. It's not true. These are not images of hate. They're images of great love for a place and a, and a, a part of life. The school's history cannot be erased, but we don't have to keep worshiping, said Ms. Graham, who is white. You know, it's so easy to go back and say, well, this was wrong and that was wrong from your enlightened viewpoint of today. Sewanee alumnus James K. Polk Van Zandt, a 65-year-old retired Episcopal priest, said he was on the university's board for decades but became frustrated by repeated efforts to erase the institution's past. Whether we like it or not, it's part of our history, said Mr. Van Zandt. If they got kids from New Jersey who don't want to go there, let them go somewhere else. This should be sold to black people ba basically from the point of view of this is part of your history also. The more you try to learn about it, the freer you will be. Because the fear is we won't get any black students. It's about economics. It's about money. There would be no Suwannee if it weren't for the Confederacy. There would be no University of the South. And uh, you can't deny it. It is the way it is. Okay, new gas market, ship owners needing cleaner fuel. The global shipping industry could become a new market for LNG. You've heard me talk about natural gas uh, on this show in the past. This is something that uh, we're now seeing get uh, used in a much bigger way. Liquid natural gas is frozen basically it's kept at a very low temperature major cruise liners and the world's biggest freight companies has, have ordered 125 new lng powered vessels and another 119 are already in operation 
that is because new regulations taking effect in 2020 will reduce the maximum amount of sulfur permitted in the oil used by ships from 3.5% to one half of a percent. LNG is gas that is supercooled until it turns liquid, while LNG use as a shipping fuel is still too small to affect its price. The projected uptake is supporting the outlook of companies like Royal Dutch Shell that LNG demand will continue to grow. All right, stay with us here for a minute. You are listening to the Tom Dupree Show. It's News Radio 630 WLAP. The news you want to know. Why he must be ready. This is a very dangerous storm. The news you need to know. Impeachment. Stay in the know. Molly Tippett. Democrats have this wrong. It's going to continue. Jeff Sessions. We have a problem. Get the very latest with News Radio 630 WLAP. Hi, I'm Tom Dupree Jr. Our firm, Dupree Financial Group, has been engaged in the management of retirement investment accounts of our clients for nearly 14 years. My personal time in the investment business spans 40 years. We bring experience to the table in managing your retirement dollars. If you would like a seasoned and experienced manager to handle your investment portfolio, then give us a call. To schedule a complimentary review of your retirement investments, call Dupree Financial Group at 859-233-0400 or send an email to info at dupreefinancial.com. Also, be sure to listen to the Tom Dupree Show Saturdays at 7 a.m. at News Radio 630 WLAP. That's Dupree Financial Group at 859-233-0400 and DupreeFinancial.com. 630 WLAP. Back on the Tom Dupree Show. Dearth of a salesman. Auto dealers struggle to recruit, retain younger workers. <clears throat> One thing I have noticed is that there are not a lot of young people who want to sell, who really want to get out and do the selling work that uh, I've done most all my career and other people who do sell have done. Car dealerships are facing a roadblock. Convincing workers in their 20s and 30s to work and stay in an auto retail business defined by long shifts, weekends on the selling floor, haggling and commission-based pay. Nearly 60% of dealership hires are millennial workers, and more than half of those new hires turn over annually. Wow. Millennials are especially averse to working in dealerships because they carry more debt than other generations. This is an article from the Wall Street Journal by Adrian Roberts. Many millennials say car dealers have an outdated approach to selling that doesn't always fit their values, even if the jobs have the potential to pay well. Younger workers aren't interested in haggling with customers and are far less tolerant of the bait and switch advertising and old boys club atmosphere that is still common at many dealerships. Car dealers are selling like it's in the sixties. Mr. Stewart at e Earl Stewart Toyota said 
with more buyers walking into dealerships armed with pricing information pulled off the internet salespeople are finding it more difficult to retain the upper hand in negotiating a car's final price that has caused profits on new car sales to shrink in recent years and along with it the potential commission a sales staffer can earn upon closing a deal so there's a lot more transparency in the car business nowadays there has been for some time with the internet providing a guide for for pricing it's no surprise that the uh dealerships and the uh the salespeople are at a disadvantage about 5 years ago Mr. Krauschauer, who has a auto group, began offering a flat payment to his salespeople per vehicle between $100 and $250, depending on the brand, along with bonuses from both him and the automaker for reaching certain sales targets. There are nearly 17,000 new car dealerships in the U.S., which directly employed 1.1 million people last year, according to NADA. Dealers say they are struggling to control employee turnover, which has steadily increased over the last five years, even though U.S. auto sales have remained robust. A low unemployment rate has also contributed to staffing difficulties. Dealers expect the problem to worsen as generations younger than millennials enter the workforce. So, how are we going to get our cars in the future? Well, more and more you see things just about buying them off the internet. And we'll talk a little bit about that maybe in the next uh, hour. Put that in there. Arizona Senate candidate pines for Trump endorsement. This is a... Uh, as much stuff as is happening to Trump, you would think that the candidates, Republican candidates, wouldn't want to, him to go anywhere near him, but they d desire his endorsement. As Tuesday's Arizona Senate primary race nears, three Republican candidates running to replace Jeff Flake are working overtime to win a last-minute endorsement from President Trump. Remember. Jeff Flake is stepping down because of the fact that he crossed Trump and began to see that he really didn't have a future in the Senate. Same thing with John McCain, although his problem is physical. He doesn't like Trump either. In many GOP primaries, the president's backing has been the golden ticket to help candidates win. And some believe it would seal the deal for front-runner Representative Martha McSally. To the frustration of many who want Trump to choose, however, neither McSally, Kelly Ward, nor Joe Opio has received the coveted prize. Even so, each has claimed to be the truest supporter of Trump and labored to create the optics of an implied endorsement. 
So what's interesting from that is that these people still want his endorsement. Evidently, voters in Arizona like Trump also. And although some of them probably are watching MSNBC, uh, they uh, they have not bought into the Kool-Aid. And talking about what's actually gone on under the Trump administration. Trump is advancing post-liberal policies in key three areas. First, a foreign policy that is marked by realism, totally undisguised by platitudes or historical sentiments. NATO friends, for instance, have been warned they must contribute more towards the organization's budget. In the Middle East, the U.S. has thrown its weight behind the unexpected alliance of Israel and Saudi Arabia, and Trump has pulled out of deals that he said weren't working, the Iran deal, or that he doesn't philosophically agree with, the Paris Climate Changes Accord. His withdrawal from the U.N. Human Rights Council is emblematic of his approach. We all know that the U.N. is a joke on human rights. Its membership includes dictatorships such as Cuba and China. Critics accuse its member of turning the council into a platform to attack Israel. Trump is simply the first president to do the decent thing and walk away. Second, Trump is pushing with what former White House chief strategist Steve Bannon once described as the deconstruction of the administrative state. This is partly about a deregulation agenda. Everything (coughs) (coughs) from banking to the environment to repealing the Obamacare individual mandate. He's taken so many of these things apart that are legacies of the Obama era. But it's also about reversing the tide of what conservatives deride as Obama's you-didn't-build-that mentality with its implication that a big state is an inevitable benign feature of modern capitalism. Trump, by contrast, is pushing corporate tax down from 35% to 21%, and the majority of tax filers will see a savings this year. The ironic irony is that Trump has proved you can create jobs in the United States with conservative free market remedies, yet he still insists on imposing foreign goods tariffs that threaten the supply chains and markets of the very workers he wants to help. Okay. Stay with us for the next hour. We'll have Philip Sexton here, and we'll go over some articles that he's brought in and talk about what's happening with the markets. So 